Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. going on everybody welcome back to the twilight nine podcast this is episode 58 i'm hill striley it's finally time one of my favorite golf weeks of the year well that doesn't even happen every year but every other year one of the best events in golf if not the best it's probably the only one the only one ahead of it in my mind is probably the masters i mean it is the masters number one to me uh and to most golf fans but the Ryder cup is right up there with the best of them. It's really hard to beat a Ryder Cup. If you anybody listening to the show hasn't watched one before and this is going to be your first Ryder Cup, it's something that you've never seen before. It's incredible to watch. The players don't really... I mean, in the beginning, it's a little normal-ish, but at the same time, once it gets to Friday afternoon, it's no longer a gentleman's game of golf. The crowds are going to be ridiculous. The players are going to be going nuts for made putts and everything and for good shots. If this is your first Ryder Cup, get ready for this weekend because it's one of the coolest things that you watch in the sport. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago for the Solheim Cup. The girls version of the Ryder Cup happened a couple weeks ago. It's electric. And I cannot wait for this week. Both of the teams look really, really good. Whistling straights looks like you're playing on Mars. It's a fantastic golf course on the shores of Lake Michigan, really. And it's like built perfectly into the landscape. It is, honest to God, an awesome golf course. It's hosted major champions, uh, major championships, excuse me. And I just can't wait this week, especially after three years of waiting, after we got our asses kicked in Paris. The U.S. team got just absolutely rode over and that sucked. So hopefully the boys bring it. Obviously, we're going to get into some of the uh, team details later in the show, like the chemistry issues and all that kind of stuff. But we're rooting for a good week, and I cannot wait for it. And you are lucky if this is your first Ryder Cup because it is electric and different than anything else in golf. I can't wait. And then also our guy, Max Homa. He won the Florida Night Championship. He is now a three-time winner on the PGA Tour. He was nails all weekend. Uh, He was close. I think he was only, what, one or two shots inside the cut line. And then him and Phil both went low on Saturday, played his way into the tournament, and then just had a monster back nine, took it from Maverick McNeely, and it was awesome. So we're going to talk about him. We're going to touch on Maverick McNeely. Both of those guys we had as one of our five players to watch last week on the show. We brought up both of them. It's pretty good to to select players to watch. You got the winner and the runner up. That's what we like to see. So we're going to touch on the Fortnite, uh, Fortinet championship. Uh, it was it was actually really good. So um, I didn't catch a whole lot of the action on Saturday. I was dabbling into PGA Tour Live earlier in the week on Thursday and Friday, and then um, watched the conclusion on Sunday after my uh, Pats beat the Jets 28-6, which was always good. So happy for Max. Um, It's a big win 
obviously loves California, his second win in his home state. So we're going to jump into the Fortnite Championship, but let's cover some headlines first. Tiger Woods. And this is kind of the news has kind of been progressing throughout the day. Originally, it was Tiger Woods is going to address the U.S. Ryder Cup team in some fashion this week, whether it be Skype or FaceTime or whatever. He's going to be there to talk to the guys, which I think is a no brainer. And I think he was going to do regardless if somebody asked him. I'm not sure if Steve Stricker, who is the captain of the U.S. team, reached out to him and said, hey, can you talk to the boys? I'm sure that Tiger would have done that. He's been on countless amounts of these teams um, even though his actually record like isn't great. I think he's actually below 500 in the Ryder Cup, but he's obviously one of the great, if not the greatest golfer of all time, one of the great American golfers of all time. He's played in a bunch of these. He's a veteran. He was on that team a couple years ago that got his ass kicked in France. So I'm sure he he's even upset and ready to go for this week. So he's going to talk to the boys. And then a report came out, I think less than an hour ago. This is Monday that he will not be on the grounds at Whistling Straits, though, for the week, which, I mean, makes sense. He's probably still limping around on crutches, so walking around a golf course all week probably wouldn't be the best idea. But he will be addressing the team beforehand, which I think is cool. So look out for hopefully a little clip of maybe a Tiger Zoom call. That would be pretty badass. Uh, Jing Young Ko wins on the LPGA Tour at the Cambia Portland Open, and that golf tournament was actually shortened by rain. I wrote a piece about this on Saturday, but uh, the area received, I think, over like an inch and a half of rain. The golf course was just in shambles Saturday, and then they played Sunday, and uh, former world number one Jing Young Ko gets the dub there. Um, Our man, Lynch, talked about Talked with Brooks last week, Eamon Lynch, if you guys don't know who that is, one of the, uh, he's a writer for Golf Week. He's also does some work on Golf Channel. Um, he actually sat down with Brooks. I think this is probably five or six days now. It was like in the middle of last week and he's good to go. He's officially reported he will be playing in the Ryder Cup, which is huge for the team, obviously, because you want the best players on your team. And Brooks Kepka is no doubt one of the best players in the world. So that will always help. But it was kind of in question because he had the WD because of the tour championship. So everybody was kind of holding their breath whether or not Brooks Kepka was actually going to play. Well, he is going to be there. He's going to contribute. And hopefully he can win some matches for us. And hopefully his wrist doesn't actually hurt because you would never want him to try to play hero ball and go out there even though he's hurt when you could bring in somebody healthy like a Max Homa who just won a couple days ago. But we'll see. Hopefully he's healthy because obviously having Brooksy on your team, well, Brooks, Kepka on your team is an advantage because he's one of the best players in the world. And then the last thing, where I was going to talk about this when we got to the Ryder Cup because I kind of had a similar idea. It's obviously been floating around everywhere. Sometimes it's a joke. Sometimes it's not a joke. Butch Harmon which if you don't know who Butch Harmon is, legendary golf coach, golf teacher. He was uh, Tiger Woods' coach back in the early nineties. Uh, I think, or the late nineties, early two thousands. Butch Harmon was asked um, on a podcast on golf.com, I believe um, whether or not, or what he would do handling the Brooks and Bryson situation. And he said that he would pair them together. He would say, suck it up and go get us a point. This is the Ryder Cup. It does not matter what you guys have done over the last two years together, verbally, whatever. Put it aside. This is for the U.S. This is for United States golf. Suck it up and go win a fucking point. And that kind of, I wasn't thinking about it fully, really, when I kept seeing it go around on Twitter that some people thought that was a good idea until Butchie said it because Butchie is obviously a legendary voice in golf. 
And when he speaks about the game, you should probably listen. And it got me thinking when he came out with that quote. And I think part of me kind of agrees. Because that's the whole, that's what everybody's been arguing about, about this U.S. team, is the chemistry issue, right? We don't know about Brooks and DJ. Obviously, those guys are good friends. But like a couple years ago at TPC Harding Park, like Brooks, like out of nowhere, just like kind of dug it. DJ out of nowhere and I don't know we haven't really we don't know what that relationship's like we obviously know that the Brooks Bryson relationship is terrible over the last two years it's just grown and grown and grown to a point where if you say Brooksy to Bryson at a PGA Tour event a fan can get thrown out for that now that's how bad this feud has gotten and now you guys got the and now you have those two guys in the same locker room getting changed before rounds five feet from one another and will it be a big deal when this is the most team competitive event in all of golf? You need to have a solid locker room to win this golf tournament. And we've seen it. Seven of the last nine Ryder Cup champions were was the European team. Europe wins Ryder Cups. And that's because they don't have this bullshit that goes on behind the scenes where everybody hates each other. They're all really good buddies on the other side. And that's how you get these kind of things done. Maybe they're not the most talented team. Maybe they don't have the big names. Obviously, they've had some huge names. Rory McIlroy, Graham McDowell was a stud for them for a while. Tommy Fleetwood, um, Francesco Molinari, who beat your ass down in France. Like Their locker room is so together, and their chemistry is off the charts. Now you go to the U.S. team, and that's a problem. How do you stop that from happening? I don't think that's the worst idea to just send Bryson and Brooks out there foursomes Friday morning and say, fuck it, boys, go out there and get a point. Do you know the energy that not only the fans, and I wrote a little bit, a little piece on um, Golf Golf Week about this. Do you know the energy that would run through not only the fans throughout Whistling Straits and throughout the United States? And the locker room, the coaches, the boys would be buzzing if Bryson and Brooks go out there for some match Friday morning and just beat down like Ian Poulter and Tommy Fleetwood and get a point for the United States team to start the Ryder Cup. Do you know how electric that would be? And all of it would be gone. I know Bryson wants to end it, which I totally get. He's getting bullied in the in the beef. And then uh, Brooks is still like, oh, no, no, let's keep going. It would be so sick to see those two boys go up there on the first tee, shake hands, get announced next to one another, and then go out and win like 5-4, 4-3, just put a beat down on somebody. That right there, getting that point with those two paired together, that could be something that not only energizes your team for the rest of the day, that could propel you to a Ryder Cup win. All of a sudden, your locker room is together. The chemistry's going. And who knows when you put them together and they win that foursomes match, who's to say they don't get paired up in the four ball later that afternoon and then win another point? I think if you put, and that's, the, the I guess the downside is the other side, where if you pair them together and then they play like shit and then they get their asses beat, then then you almost dig the divide even deeper and then that locker room is fucked. But that's just a ballsy decision that Stricker might have to do. I don't know. I think, and this is coming from Bryson is like my least favorite player on the PGA Tour. If you guys have been listening to the show for long enough, you know that. I don't know if I would ever root harder for a, a team 
than Brooks and Bryson Friday morning at the Ryder Cup playing together. That would be electric. And it's not even like if they win the match. Like if they go out and Bryson stuffs an approach shot, or not even if he puts it to like 20 feet and Brooks rolls in the putt to win the whole hole one, that place, Whistling Straits would catch on fire if that happened. And I think that would be an incredible way to unite that locker room. I don't know. I think I would think about it. And then obviously like an hour ago, Stricker was, or I don't know, sometime today on Monday, Stricker was asked about the Bryson Brooks thing. And he said, well, we've all been practicing, going to dinner together and it's been all good, but he doesn't expect them to get paired this week. He said, obviously that could change, but as of right now, we're not going to pair them together. So who knows? Who knows how the practice rounds go? Who knows how maybe future conversations go this week and that changes? I just think that is a dick-on-the-table decision that Stricker could use. And that could propel you to a Ryder Cup. We've gotten our asses kicked seven of the last nine times we've played in this event. That's a decision that could win you that cutback. Just like if you guys are NFL fans. Last night at the, in the Ravens-Chiefs game, Harbaugh goes out. Lamar, do you want to go for it? Yeah fourth and whatever in their own in their own on their own side of the field bang get the first down now you win the game and don't punt it to Patrick Mahomes sometimes you just need to make a ballsy decision and I think that could be fucking sick I don't know and I'm not the only one it's been floating around on social media for weeks now I just think that would be so sick and something that could just light a fire underneath that team and that's how you win so I don't know I think it could be cool but we'll talk about more Ryder Cup and potential groupings or whatever a little later in the show. But for now, the Fortinet Championship, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, obviously, the joke on Twitter was like the Fortinet Championship or whatever. But the Fortinet Championship, Max, again, two wins in his last 18 starts. If you go back to February, which is one of our outright winners of last season, Max at the Genesis Invitational plus 7,000. Thank you very much. Still reaping the benefits of that win. Gets his second win in 18 starts. And it was all... Pretty much started, I know he made the turn with a bogey-free, I think it was three under, but then he bogeyed 10, and then he gets a 12, and just plays one of the most perfect wedge shots you'll ever see. I think it was in the right-hand rough, gets it out, lands it on the front of the green, rolls up right in the hole, eagle, how you doing? With one of the best reactions, too, just a little finger in the air, let's go, Joe, and he just they just walked, Joe is his caddy, walked up to the green. Fantastic reaction. Um... And and I I mentioned it or at the top of the show I, he only made the I think he made the cut by like a shot or two and then him and Lefty were paired together Saturday morning and I think Max shot seven under and Lefty shot six under and then in this press conference after Phil was like yeah we just caught a heater both of those boys went really really low on Saturday and all of a sudden Max is in this golf tournament and then does it again bogey free on the front makes the turn ends up shooting four under on the back he played his last seven holes five under he walked in one of the most ridiculous putts over over the last like couple months thing was broke had to break five feet right to left and he walked that thing in so early it probably had 10 feet to go and my man was walking to see the angle love it for the week, he was second in the field in putts per green of regulation. That will always do. Roll on the Rockwell. He uh, was ranked entering the week. I went over this last week on the show, but he was 16th last season from 50 to 125 in scoring average. So when he had a wedge in his hand, he played really, really good. And that's what this course gives you. The guys had a bunch of wedges. And I really didn't 
know the amount of wedges they would be hitting until I was really watching the golf course. There were numerous, several par fours that were playing like 410 and under, and those are wedge holes all day long. And he was taking advantage of those opportunities, especially on Saturday and Sunday, obviously, because that's where his scoring came from. Another California golf course that was playing firm, playing fast, Max Homa, loves that kind of stuff. And this is a big win. I didn't know this. I think um, Solly might have tweeted it, but four years of exemption winning this golf tournament. So now he's just on tour for another four years. I'm sure this is only, isn't going to be the only tournament that he wins, but he doesn't have to worry about job security for a while, and that's always a good thing. He was 44th in the official World Golf Rankings going into the week. Now he has almost cracked the top 30 at 31. The kid is a bona fide top 40 golfer in the world, and that is ridiculous. When you take into account, I think he was number 283 three years ago after this golf tournament when it was the Safeway. Three years ago, this week, he was 283rd in the world, I believe. Justin, shout out Justin Ray. He's got the best tweet, uh, <laughs> the best stats on Twitter. But yeah, crazy. And it, it always helps when one of uh, one of the guys we throw a little money on to win the tournament wins the golf tournament. So players to watch, love that. Had Max on the list last week, capitalize on that. Another guy that we had on the list last week was Mr. Maverick McNeely. Nailed it last week. I don't really know what our other guys did, to be completely honest. Um, I can't remember. I ended up putting a little bit of money on Will Zalatoris to win. I don't remember if I talked um, about him to you guys last week on the show, but we're about to talk to, about him in a second. But Mav, we had him on the list. He's just another kid that's really, really due for a win. He made the turn three under on Sunday, um, made birdie on 16 to tie Homa at the time, and then he didn't know, but Homa walked in a birdie putt on 17, so he went up 19 uh, 19 under to 18 under Mav was standing on the 17 T short par four. He only has to hit a long iron off the tee. And then you have a wedge to maybe make birdie and tie it. And then he hits a hosel adjacent into the right trees. I think it traveled less than 170 yards off the tee box has more than 200 yards into the green flies it over the green is chipped from behind the green ends up in front of the green. That chip goes to 10 feet. He misses the putt tap in double bogey. And that you just lose the tournament right there, which sucks. One tee shot coming down the stretch, you hit a shank, in less words, and now you got a double bogey on the card and you just really can't come back from that. But kudos to him because he had already lost the golf tournament unless he makes albatross because luckily for him, Max didn't birdie the last, which is a par five. Um, so he was trailing by three shots on the tee. Hits a great drive. It's a great long iron to, I think, like 30 feet and then makes the eagle putt. So he only lost by a shot. He got that double bogey right back, but really one mistake just cost him the entire golf tournament, which is which sucks. But he's very, 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 very close to getting a dub. He He's going to be one of the, the young kids this season on tour to get his first win. He's not going to go another 365 days without a win. The kid is just a stud. He was in the mix at the AT&T Bevel Beach Pro-Am. Daniel Berger was just better than him this that week. He was probably the only player that was better than Mav that week. He was right in the midst of the John Deere Classic and then had a shitty Sunday. Again, he's right in the mix this week and then just came up short literally because of one golf swing, which sucks. But he's really working on his game. Um, Adam Shupak, if you guys are unfamiliar, he's a writer here at Golf Week, and he interviewed Mav after his, I want to say after his uh, Friday round, I think, either, I think it was his uh, Friday round, 
And the kid has been really working on his game. He played like crap at the BMW. I think he came borderline last at the BMW, the FedEx Cup playoff event. He went back home. He's getting in a really good routine, working out, getting up early. He has like a standing tea time at his country club. He's working with Butch Harmon, who also happens to be the coach of his girlfriend, Danielle Kang. So I don't know how much they're playing together, but the kid is really dialed in. He's really trying to get better. And it showed this week, right? A couple weeks of practice, you come right back out and almost win a golf tournament for the first time in the PGA Tour. Again, he does everything well. He rolls it, whatever. He's actually the only guy to beat Max in Pottsburg Green and Regulation. He was first in the field this week. Kid's a stud, does everything well. He hit, oh, actually, no, Max hit a bunch of fairways. Mav, I don't think did. I would have to look it up, but I don't think he was as accurate as um, he's been recently, which could have hurt him, but obviously it didn't hurt him too much. He came in solo second at a golf tournament, but not far away from a Mav win. Kid's a stud. And then the other young kid, I, again, I don't remember if I had him on the list of players to watch last week, but I ended up putting some coin on him, was uh, Willie Z. He was inside the top 10 going into the weekend. He was four back going into Sunday and then just really couldn't get anything going. I think he he opened with a 68-67, and then he didn't break 60 over the weekend, which sucks. Obviously, at this golf course, was getting up a bunch of birdies. You got to go out there and get it. No surprise, he led the field in greens of regulation. The kid is an absolute ball striker. It's actually a nauseated to watch him hit a golf ball. It seems like every single one goes exactly where he's looking. It's frustrating, to say the least. But he was T88 in putts per green of regulation. So his putter continues to be a problem. And the PGA Tour Live people were pretty funny because they were kind of give it to him on PGA Tour Live. Everything about his game is so pretty. Even his short game is really good, but his, he has a phenomenal golf swing. Um, Bryson actually at the WGC concession last season on tour called him like one of the best ball strikers he's ever been around. And that was when Dal Torres was like a young kid still coming up. I mean, he still is, but you know what I mean? But his putter looks like he has an infant child who has never picked up a, a, a putter before. Like it's very yippy. It's like to the inside and then he like slices across it and his grip is weird. Very strange. I he just needs like to give fucking facts on a call or something. Cause he's gotta he's gotta switch that up. He's he's worse than Morikow on the greens, and he's almost I wouldn't say almost as good with his irons, because Kyle Morikow is like legitimately on a different planet with his iron play, but he's at the ball striking level where He's going to hit so many greens of regulation and you need to putt well when you give yourself that many, those many opportunities. And he's just very yippy with the putter, especially from short range was always made me nervous. I was watching him on PGA tour live after betting on him to win the golf tournament. And every time he had four or five feet, I was just cringing, hoping it was going in. His stroke just doesn't look confident. He's just like hoping it goes in the hole, but whatever. But out of the way, Max, congratulations. Third win, second in his last less than 20 starts. Pretty badass. The kid is a bona fide top 40 player in the world. Would not be surprised if the next time the Ryder Cup rolls around, we're talking about Max Homa being a Ryder Cup rookie. The kid's, kid's sick. Talking about the Ryder Cup. Let's jump into it. This Friday, again, if you guys are unaware, I'm sure if you're listening to the show, you have probably watched the Ryder Cup before. If you haven't, it's only a three-day thing. It's Friday to Sunday. Go over the teams real quick. Team USA, Dustin Johnson, this is his fifth Ryder Cup. Bryson DeChambeau, this is his second. Brooks Kepka, this is his third. JT, this is his second. Finau is second. Jordan Spieth, this is actually his fourth. 
for some reason in my head, Jordan Spieth is still like 24 years old, but he's just not anymore. So this is fourth. And then you got a bunch of rookies, Harris English, Daniel Berger, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, and Colin Morikawa. Team Europe is killing us in the experience department. John Rahm, second year uh, Ryder Cup, but again, like he's so good that it doesn't really matter. I know he was there in France, but, and you want to look at experience maybe to be like a benefit to your team. John Rahm's so good that he could be a rookie this year. It wouldn't matter. Tommy Fleetwood, this is his second. I know that he hasn't been playing crazy good golf on the PGA Tour. Um, I think he just did actually have a runner-up finish on the European Tour, I'm pretty sure. But he murdered the United States team last year. I think he went four and one, didn't lose a match with his boy Molinari. He ended up losing his Sunday singles, but he was a problem last year. Terrell Hatton, this is also his second. That's psychopath. Roy McIlroy, this is his sixth Ryder Cup. Paul Casey, this is his fifth. Matty Fitz, this is his second. Lee Westwood, 11th. Sergio Garcia, 10th. Ian Poulter, 7th. And then they have three rookies in Shane Lowry, Victor Hovland, and Bernd Weisberger. The golf course, Whistling Straits, it's a par 71, 7,390 yards, but that yardage is subject to change. They're going to switch it up every day. If I'm Steve Stricker, I probably try to max it out because you got some big hitters on the United States side, but I mean, you also have big hitters on the Euro side, like John Rahm can move it, Rory can move it, Paul Casey's pretty good in distance-wise, Sergio Garcia is one of the best drivers of the golf ball in the world, Victor Hovland can bomb it, so like, they also have guys, but you would like to stretch it out a little bit. The weather, Friday, 69, partly cloudy, 22% chance of rain, blowing 15. Saturday, 63, partly cloudy, 10% chance of rain, blowing 13. And Sunday is 67, mostly sunny, 13% chance to rain and blowing 10. We're going to see some nice quarter zip outfits at the Ryder Cup. Hopefully, it's good. I know Polo is doing the U.S. team, so they'll probably look good. The European tour is just really bad at doing the doing the uniforms that's usually really ugly they have like this tan brown thing going on it's terrible obviously they have like the blue yellow one but they're they're like second day uniforms are usually terrible but we're gonna see some we're gonna be somebody walks out in a Ryder cup hoodie i'm buying that within minutes on the website that'd be fire last time i rolled around francesco molinari murdered the united states of america he went five and oh um First European to ever win the maximum five points. Europe defeated the U.S. 17 and a half to 10 and a half, regaining the cup. Um, we actually won the opening session 3-1. The United States did. Um, we were swept in the afternoon, though, so that is not really good. Lost the following session 3-1, and one, not great. We were down 10-6 going into the Sunday singles. Hopefully a little miracle of Medina meltdown of Medina happening. Medina, sorry. And uh, we actually won two and a half out of the first three points, which is really big. So we kind of cut into the lead there a bit. And then Europe would just kicked our ass coming down the stretch. Sergio Garcia won his single match, and that made him the all-time points leader in the Ryder Cup, which is sick. And again, Molinari was the first European ever to go 5-0. and So we got our asses handed to us. So hopefully. Uh, for the first-timers or people that don't know, the format foursomes is the first session on Friday and Saturday. Two Americans versus two Europeans. A foursome is alternate shot, pure alternate shot, which 
is pretty sick, actually. That's probably my favorite format. I love that format. And then the afternoon session on Friday and Saturday is four ball, which means you're still paired with another guy. So it'll be DJ and say Scotty versus Terrell Hatton and Roy McIlroy, but all four players play their own ball. And then the best score from each team counts. And then obviously match play. It's all match play. And then Sunday is Sunday singles. But interestingly enough, on Friday and Saturday, there's only four matches in each session, meaning, do the math real quick, eight golfers from each team play in each session, which means four are on the bench. So maybe that's where the rookies come in when somebody needs a blow on Sunday morning to try or on Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon to rest up for the singles matches, try to get like a DJ on rest or Jordan on rest. That's where Scotty, that's where Harris English, that's where those boys are going to be really important this week. And then again, Sunday is singles. 12 matches, everybody on the team plays somebody. Usually, especially in close Ryder Cups, um, they try to get some points on the board early. And like, uh, was it France? I think, yeah, in 2018, I think the first match out was Rory JT. Like there are some boys in the first couple matches. And then you kind of put like your veterans at the end, which I think is always cool. So that's the format. How to watch. Schedule to watch. It's all day. So be prepared to sit on your couch and do nothing legitimately all day long. On Friday, times in Eastern, 8.30 to 7. 8.30 in the morning to 7 o'clock at night. You can just sit on your ass and watch the Ryder Cup all day long. On Saturday, it's on Golf Channel from 8.30 to 9 a.m. I don't know why NBC needs that half an hour in the morning. That doesn't make any sense to me. Golf television will never make any sense to me, ever, ever. They're so fucking bad at it. But anyway, so for 30 minutes, you can watch it on Golf Channel. And then Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., it is on NBC. And then Sunday is 12 to 6, and that's Sunday singles. Going to be really, really, really fucking good. Betting odds provided by Tipico Sportsbook, which you guys will learn a lot about Tipico Sportsbook coming up here once the official switch to... Uh, Twilight Nine being an official Golf Week podcast comes in the next couple of weeks. Once we get some stuff figured out, Typico Sportsbook is going to be one of our sponsors. We're going to do all of our odds through Typico Sportsbook. Um, you may not have heard of them. They're new-ish to the States. I think they're only, it's only legal. Typico is only legal, I think, in two U.S. states right now. Um, but that's going to be our sportsbook for the rest of, uh, for the show now. The U.S. is minus 190 to lift the trophy. Europe is plus 135 to lift the trophy. But because the Europe team won it the last time around, they only need to retain the cup, which means if they get to 14 points, they keep the Ryder Cup. And it could end in a 14-14 tie. But because they got to 14, they retain the cup. Europe has won nine of the last nine, or seven of the last nine Ryder Cup. Excuse me, I already mentioned that. Europe to win is plus one ninety. So you take away the tie, and they have to go win it. So if they win fourteen and a half points, then they won the Ryder Cup, and then you win plus one ninety if you bet that. And then some of the pair, uh, some of the pairings. If I can find them, actually, hold on, let me look it up real quick. I had this all. I had this all ready for you guys. I'm like, I'm gonna re. I'm gonna. I'm going to bring up the tweet first, so I'm just ready to ride, and and Twitter reloaded on me, so now I don't know, but a lot of the people were putting stock in um, interviews this week. Now I'm not going to be able to find it, even though I brought it up. It's going to be a tough look. 
So the first like media access day or whatever was, um, I think today and kind of in years past, you can kind of tell who's going to be partners with one another based on media schedule. So for the U S this is how it was kind of broke up on their roster for media day can kind of give a sense of who's going to be paired together. The first foursome was Spieth, JT, Bryson, and Scheffler. So you can kind of take into account Stricker's looking at Spieth and JT, which kind of seems like a no-brainer, and Bryson and Scotty Scheffler. That one's a little interesting to me. Xander and Cantlay, that's a no-brainer also. DJ Morikawa, that's also a little interesting to me. And then Kepka, Finau, Berger, English is what the U.S. had. And for the European team, they have – let me get back here. For the European team, it was Rory Hovland, which I think is very interesting in very big-time trouble for the U.S. team. That could, um, if you guys know, if you've been listening to the show, I'm a big Rory guy, that could be an issue, those two. And then you got Westwood, Garcia. That also could be an issue just because of just their experience in the Ryder Cup. Sergio has actually been playing pretty well at the close of last year. Westwood had a couple good tournaments like the Arnold Palmer and then the players he was in, obviously with Bryson, both of those tournaments. And then I'm not scared of Lee Westwood. Poulter and Shane Lowry, which I'm kind of surprised that the European team would break up Rory and Poulter, but we'll see what happens. And then Tommy Fleetwood and Weisberger and Paul Casey, Matty Fitz, which I think is another good team, and Terrell Hatton and John Rahm. If they pair together Terrell Hatton and John Rahm and they win that match, That is going to be the most obnoxious victory of all time. But if you beat those two, I think they might fight fans if it goes a little bit too far. That is a bomb waiting to happen, and I'm very much here for it. That would be incredible, to be completely honest with you. Some changes that I would make to the pairings if I'm looking at this. And I'm only going to do the U.S. side because I don't really really know how the Europeans are going to do it. Spieth and JT, that's a no-brainer to me. Xander and Cantlay, that is also a no-brainer to me. Um, I don't hate English and Berger together. I think that's a pretty good pair. They're very on the outside. Their demeanor is very similar. So I actually kind of like that. When it comes to Scotty Scheffler, I would put him with DJ. DJ is the most experienced on this Ryder Cup team. This is going to be his, what, fifth Ryder Cup, I believe. I think DJ and Scotty Scheffler, again, Demeter, they kind of play. They don't give a shit about anything. That's the kind of way they walk around the golf course. They really don't care about anything, but they're just killers. I would love to see those two paired together. I think as Scotty Scheffler and DJ pairing would be sweet. A pairing that I would, I, I actually kind of agree with Kepka and Tony Finau. I think that would actually be a really entertaining pairing, but I would put Bryson with Colin Morikawa. If you can do Bryson and Colin Morikawa and put them in a foursomes match and you can get Bryson hitting 11 of the tee shots and have Colin Morikawa on a 480-yard par four, all of a sudden not having to hit five iron, but having to hit nine iron or pitching wedge, that could be a dominating duo. That would be sick. And I think that's what they should do because that that combo would be absolutely ridiculous. And then that kind of mitigates Colin being short off the tee because even if he only gets 290 off the tee, I mean, Bryson can hit nine iron from 180. You know what I mean? So I think that makes the most logical pairing is if Colin is going to be, I don't want to say handicapped in the distance department, but compared to everybody else on the U.S. team, maybe, then you put Bryson with them, then all of a sudden that change completely goes away. 
I think that is a no-brainer pairing. I think it would be so much fun to watch those two play together. When it comes to guys that I'm kind of leaning on this week, JT is going to be, and I don't even want to say new Captain America because Patrick Reed got that nickname after, what, one Ryder Cup? But JT is going to be one of the just absolute monsters for the U.S. Ryder Cup team for the next 15, 20 years. Maybe not 20, but 15 years. I think Justin Thomas cares about it more than everybody else. Like when he puts on that flag, he cares about that shit more than anybody else. You heard him talking at the Olympics. It's the same thing. He cares more. He ended the season on the good note. Uh, solo fourth at the tour championship T4 at the Northern Trust. He's a psycho mentality when he's making putts, when he gets hot with the putter, he's going to have whistling straights burning to the ground. He's electric. And in this environment, he's even better because he doesn't give a fuck. He feeds right into it. He needs to be a monster this week. He needs to be have a winning record this week. And I think if he has a winning record, the U.S. team has a good chance of winning the Ryder Cup because his energy will go through that entire golf course. I really think so. And then another guy we have to lean on is DJ. I think DJ really has to show up this week. He ended on a good note. He had a T10 at the WGC FedEx. He had a top 10 at the BMW Championship. He played okay at the Tour Championship. I think he was eighth. If he shows up with a good putter and he plays well, I think those are the two guys on the U.S. team that you really got to lean on. I think Jordan's going to show up and take care of his business. Then you got a lot of rookies down the board. If you can get DJ and JT firing on all cylinders, the United States team has a very serious chance of winning the Ryder Cup this year. Those two boys. And then I think the rookies got to show up too. I think Scotty's got to be huge. I think Collins got to be huge. I think Cantley's got to be huge. And I think Xander's got to be huge. Those boys got to come to play. And for those, again, I mentioned it with Rom earlier, they're so good that the rookie thing doesn't really influence like how I'm feeling about them. I know a few of them I've played in President's Cup. This is going to be way bigger than that, but they're so good. I know they're going to be nervous on the first tee, but they're so good that I don't, I'm not super worried about them being rookies. I know the European team is very experienced and that has carried them to a lot of wins, but we'll see what happens. But I think that's it. All my betting stuff is going to actually, starting this week officially, thank fucking God, is going on golf week. So be on the look for that. Obviously, I'll. Um, I'll post about it whenever it goes out. You'll see it on Golf Week. So go follow Golf Week for all my stuff. All my stuff is on Golf Week now, but all my betting stuff is moving over to Golf Week this week. So that's going to be really cool. So be on the lookout for that. And it's not only going to just be one. I think the first one might come out Wednesday, but obviously with with sports books, shout out Tipico, um, you can bet on each match individually. You can bet on just one session. You can bet on who is going to win Friday foursomes. Like that's something you can do. So there is a lot of money to be won and lost this weekend, hopefully won on everything that you can bet. So hopefully I might be able to put together a little list of once matchups comes out, maybe a quick piece on each day, hopefully. So be on the lookout for two to three betting pieces this week on golf week. But I think that's it. Um, at twilight nine pod is the Instagram at Riley Hamill underscore is my personal Instagram. If you want to follow me as well, again, all my writing is now transferred over to golf week and hopefully within the next couple weeks, we'll be officially on golf week for the podcast. So we'll start getting, um, some interviews and maybe hint a co-host shout out. You already know who you are. If you're listening to the show, shout out you. Um, so it really, really excited for the next couple weeks, but that is it guys. 
Enjoy the Ryder Cup this week. It is going to be fucking phenomenal. Get ready to sit on your couch all day on Sunday. Singles matches in NFL football. That's about as good as it gets. Enjoy the Ryder Cup this week, guys, and I will talk to you next time.